There's two of me on here. I'm not sure why. Uh, I saw that. I don't know either. How are you doing? Are you good? We haven't. Yeah, I know. It's been it's been a minute. It's been a couple of weeks now. Yeah. Um, when did we? About a about a month, I think. When the is it? I thought I it was like, by two... when the, like the episodes are published. I don't because I don't have the yeah. memory capacity to know for real. Um, it would have been I think three weeks ago because oh, yeah. last Friday would have been two weeks, so we're a week out from like what we would normally have expected to do. I see. Um. Yeah, um, I no, I, I guess I kind of told you. I mean, we didn't record it and talk about it, but I, I told you uh, the the things that had occurred, which made for kind of a weird couple of <laughs> couple yeah. of weeks. Um, oh yeah, but you know, all in all, it's it's fine. Like works works okay. Um, I was I took this whole week off. And uh, didn't really do much of anything. Just uh, just hung around the house. I, you know, just to kind of get away from a little some things a little bit. A little change of scenery. I did go up to uh, Temecula, which is the wine country place around here. Yeah, yeah. Uh, took the dog with, and uh, that was fine. There's there's a few dog friendly wineries and nice. Um, they're just, it would. <laughs> It was fine. It was just a little, a little clunky because the, like the first, the place where I picked up the, the, so, so what you can do is you can buy this thing. You can go visit the wineries, you know, whatever, like any winery, sure. but then they have um, like a, a group of them and you can buy this uh, wine passport, which gives you like five tastings Fancy. at, you know, Ooh, any la, la. five of the winery. So you go, you, so you have to go to, a winery a designated winery yeah. and you show them your thing and then you pick up the passport and then you can do your tasting there or you can move along to any of the other wineries and so yeah. um, that was one of the dog friendly ones so i decided to stay there but it was a little tricky because they like they'll pour you the tasting but you can't have the dog inside because there's a deli in there so it's okay. like they have to you pick the you know which one you like oh i'll try the Montepulciano or whatever and then they'll pour sure. you the taster of that and then you can take it outside but it's just you know it's a taster you're, you're welcome to leave at that point yeah. <laughs> and so you know i i mean they were fine and i i get it because of you know health yeah. reasons but it's just oh, yeah. like it's it's difficult because he's still not you know he's not like a good walker sure uh, so good. Is he still sk- is he still super skittish about everything? Yeah, uh, he he's getting better in public places. So so I was basically carrying him like in and out. And, yeah, 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 I mean you know he's super cute. So everyone wants to pet him and everyone wants to talk and ask questions, which is fine. Sure. But I'm also like trying to you know hold hold him in one arm and then hold my wine taster, but then I have to have my card so uh-huh. I can write down the wine that I take. You know, and it's just it was just kind of cumbersome for a while, and I was. Oh, yeah. Um, and then I was like, well, maybe I'll knock out two tastings. And then, you know, they did, but they were like, well, just so you know, you're not supposed to, you know, stand in here with the dog at the counter. I was like, give me a fucking break. Like, come on. It's like he's 10 right. pounds. Like he weighs less than the sandwich that I had. Yeah. I, my dog. So Doctors. I have issues. <laughs> I have issues with this too. I don't know. My, I guess my sort of different. I mean, we don't have the weather that allows for outdoor dog dining all the time. Sure. You know, they turn on fucking outdoor heaters and you sit on it under a cover and they do their best to sort of mitigate mm-hmm. the natural hurdles that come with living in the Northwest. Um, but um, yeah, it makes it really difficult. I've had a string of fucking weird dogs. Here's my gripe. 
I have socially weird dogs. I always have. Mm-hmm. I don't know what it is. I'm a magnet for these fucking things. And I can't just leave JJ outside. He's if I wanted to go someplace and needed to relegate JJ to simply the like if I can't come in to get something and then come back out and if I can't have JJ with me the whole time, it's gonna be a mess. It's gonna be yeah. a problem. So I feel like they if you're gonna do that, you need to have some sort of like easy interface with the public that is bringing their dog and may not necessarily be able to just tie the dog up and walk away. Yeah. Well, uh, so like the second so place yeah, I went my, to, that's my, I guess that's a, gri- I guess that's a gripe, isn't it? Well, it is a gripe. Yeah. And I realize I'm becoming I like one a of valid those, one, I mean. I'm becoming one of those, um, you know, insufferable pet mm-hmm. owners now where it's like, mm, can my little poopsie come in? Why not? Uh-huh. I um, don't want to be that. I just, JJ's <laughs> going to fucking have a, a, panic attack if i walk away from him because he's a fucking mentally deranged animal <laughs> but if i'm with him it'll be fine i just but if i need to go in and get another beer and there's no ser- servers coming out yeah well what do i do here well the second place i went to uh is one of my favorite ones out there because it's it's smaller it's it's kind of off the main road and it's the very last one so it's usually the least crowded because uh, some of those places are just it and and just to give you an idea, I mean, you've been to wine, like tasting rooms and stuff like that yeah. before. I mean, it's it's not um, it's not the cast of Hamilton that you see in there. So I'm usually the most exotic person, mm-hmm. I'm uh, sure, in the establishment. So anyway, but that place is nice because they uh, they sit you outside and it's all table service. So I mean, they mm-hmm. still do the tasting, but they come to you. Sure. And so, like, they even bought a you know a water bowl, which he doesn't drink out of because he's got weird things about certain types of containers. And I don't know. Anyway, <laughs> ah, weirdo dogs. <laughs> I love high maintenance weirdo dogs. <laughs> <laughs> and he's not food motivated, so you know. And he goes when we take him to places that you know, everyone wants to give him treats. I'm like, he doesn't. Not gonna do it. He's not gonna like treats. And, is uh, he? Is he? How skittish is he of strangers if they're obviously non-threatening? Like I'm sure if somebody came running up screaming, he'd freak out. But if right. they're non-threatening, so it's it's more of like the it, it, it's more of the action and then like the the imposition. So like you said, like sudden movements will freak him out. But sure. usually I'm holding him, and so people will will come up to him and he'll, I mean he'll kind of pull back a little Pulls bit, a little, but yeah, he's yeah. like pull, he pulls into me, I guess. Uh-huh. But he won't, like, he won't be completely aversive. He won't snap at anyone. He won't, That's he good. won't do anything. And, and he's fine. Like, if I've, I've gone out and, you know, hung out at, at, you know, like dog friendly bars and whatever. And uh, if I have to get up and go to the bathroom and there's someone I know somewhat well, like, I'll just hand him, oh, okay, hand him to them and then he'll just, he'll just stay there. Like, he doesn't, oh, he's good. Oh, that's awesome. It's good. And then he doesn't, make the noise so he doesn't make the noises that he does like when i leave him in the house by himself yeah he still he still does that and even when i just in the house when i leave the room that's why I'd, like i don't know if you can see like i've situated the room such that um i leave the door open oh yeah so he can see me because if he can't see me then he'll start does he get freaked out He'll start being noisy and he'll start, you know, the the whimpering and the crying and. Oh shit! How does he do when you leave? Have you ever just needed to leave him at home? Yeah. Um, same thing. Like he'll, of course, dogs. All dogs sense that something's happening, even as yeah. as uh, sneaky as I try to be about it. Mm-hmm. Um, but when I've like left the like the dog camera on, and and sometimes I can hear him. So if I leave the house, like he starts he starts to bark. Yeah. And then there's a little bit of wine, and then he he starts. The barking will turn into like a howling, like Jesus. an awoo. Okay. Yeah, yeah. Um, and I mean, he's a little dog, so it's not it's yeah. not deafening, and it's surely not anything more sonically annoying than any noise in the neighborhood. It's like normal city before. dog sounds. Yeah. Uh, but it, the thing is, just the the anxiety. I know he's anxious because he yeah. will he goes to the different points of entry and he sniffs along the way and then barks and whines and howls and then goes to the other yeah. one. And then he jumps up on the couch and then he jumps down and goes to the door. And then yeah. he does that. And I don't know, like he, I think it slightly decreases 
over time. Okay. And there are times where I've like come he, back after an hour. He's he's chilled out some. Not really. It's just oh. like the the notification. I think it, he'll his coughing bouts. There's more of a gap in between coughing bouts, coughing okay. barking bouts. Oh uh, yeah, I know what you meant. Yeah. Um, <laughs> I'm like, yeah, and he's got. He's also cough. got. He's also got hepatitis. <laughs> not hepatitis. Emphysema. <laughs> Fuck it. All of them. He has all of it. <laughs> um, his lungs are fucked up and his uterus too hold on so that's wild man like he's so he could just go like that all day i don't the longest i've left him alone is like a couple of hours okay and, and have neighbors complained or anything no um okay, just that, that one side neighbor when he was there he's like oh yeah i heard him i heard him barking and i was that's like oh i'm sorry i hope it wasn't too you know too annoying. It's like, oh no! It's like we rescue dogs all the time. We know yeah. they got issues. So he, yeah, you know, he I think it's fine. more annoying. It's more annoying for like big hounds. Yeah, for like annoying for other people when you have dogs with giant fucking vocal cords. <laughs> yeah, I mean he's he is that you know he can still hear him, but but yeah. I don't know. Sometimes when I walk home, I don't hear him walking up the steps. I don't know if he's oh, that's good. stopped because he senses me coming back or yeah 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 uh jage is fine at home uh if i leave him i can leave him here for eight hours he'll mm-hmm. be fine um worst to do is he'll sneak some time on the couch that he knows he's not supposed to be on um <laughs> but if i take him out he's got such like a tremendous amount of anxiety it'll just be he'll if i left him alone the worst that i get is he shivers and he like is drooling like a fucking waterfall it's just constant oh, wow. drool and panting and shaking, and he looks like he's going to have a fucking seizure. So I, uh, yeah, he's not a great outdoor dog. He's good with people. He's scared of all other dogs, and he doesn't like lash out because he's scared. Like he doesn't want to bite them. He just he hides behind me and shivers. Mm-hmm. And this can't be fun. So I can't take JJ anywhere with me. Is what I mean. It's also the fact that he's too big. He's like ninety pounds. Well, yeah, that's a. Uh, <laughs> A big I mean, and he's a lab, so everybody wants to come up and talk to him. He's great with people, but I don't. I've never seen him be great with people when he's in that shaking mode. So mm-hmm. if somebody came by and he's having his little panic attack, I don't know if he's going to bite him or not. So I just I can't go. I can't. Well, take him. Wanna... If I have to walk away for a beer and tie him up, <laughs> it's just, it's not going to happen. Then I'm just going to leave him at home instead. Yeah, yeah, I know. That's the thing is that I I know he's not he's physically okay uh i just don't want him pushed so much to the brink to where he starts yeah, you know being destructive people. and and yeah. stuff like that and i don't know i mean we're i'm still i got a i i had a friend come over the last time i had a like an all day work thing and i've got another one coming up in about a month um and i'm i don't know i'm leaning towards trying doggy daycare but mm. i don't know I don't know if that's going to be any better for him or if that might stress him out more. Does he like dogs? He's, he's a skid- He's the same way with people. Like he, uh, okay. he's very beta. So he doesn't, you know, he's not going to mm-hmm. give him any, any grief, but he, he shies <laughs> away from him and he, um, you know, doesn't really. You shame him for it. Wanna... You call him a fucking beta cuck. <laughs> Soy Push boy. Around. <laughs> Soy boy, beta cuck. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> mine's mine's like the the that you're a marching band cuck over here. Yeah. <laughs> um, just like dad. Yeah, I I don't know, man. Doggy daycares. I've thought it. Yeah, it takes after me. Uh, I've tr- I've thought about it before, but I mean, Jade is fine in the house. But I think it would help him with his self confidence. I think it'd mm-hmm. help him develop some ability to feel like he doesn't need uh, me as his. Yeah like savior to be around other dogs and see that he's going to come out of it. All right. But, and, you know, as always, it's a fucking expense and it's always, it's an expense that I've always looked down upon when other people, hear other people yeah. do it. Um, it's like you fucking, it, cause you're an apartment dwelling. Um, like you do, people get these dogs and then don't think about what having an animal in your life is going to mean when you live in condos or yeah. tight spaces. And so they end up spending money on things like dog washes and dog walkers and mm. dog sitters 
and doggy daycare and like none of that stuff is unreasonable in and of itself i just associate them with people that i like hey, you weren't ready for a dog i'm just hyper judgmental and i'm a shitty person that's what i'll come out and say no, <laughs> like i get I real don't... judgmental about that stuff but at the same time like i totally understand where it comes from and i actually think this fucking dog would benefit from it if every day i took him to a, for like a week right not yeah. for the rest of his life because i'm not going to incur that expense forever but if I just got him acclimated to the idea that you can be in a room with dogs and not roll under your back and show your belly and wait for them to eat your guts, right? That's not <laughs> the point. You've got to just go and hang out with other dogs and run around and Well, that's, the, that's the evolutionary equivalent of that. I mean, that's what they're doing. They're yeah. basically saying, here, eat, eat my guts. Yeah, 100%. percent protected. Yeah, here's my uh, belly. There's no bones <laughs> protecting you from my delicious liver. <laughs> eat my guts eat my um, guts i i no i'm i'm judgmental too and i i'm all for because you you want your your friend your furry friend to be able to uh, be you know a part of society as much as possible yeah. but somewhat self-sufficient right like you can right you know wanna... that if they're outside at a gate and somebody walks by they're not going to immediately assume they have to defend the house or right. that their life is in danger. But like you said, I think people don't, they, they stress like training and, but you know, could do so much to make it more about forcing the dog to live so that it's convenient to the owner. So it's like the owner yeah. wants to live in a high rise studio apartment, uh, you know, yep. like a 500 square foot studio downtown on the 21st floor with no outdoor <laughs> area, but he also wants a Husky yeah. and yeah, it's yeah, just going to train him. And I, you know, I dogs need to be dogs too. Totally. I mean, you can't, there, you know, it's like, a... well, I'm trained him to not bark and to not acknowledge other people and to sit and not leave when I, you know, like that kind of stuff. And, and it's like, Oh. They have functions they're wired for, though. That's the thing that drives me nuts. Like, I know that I, you got to get a dog out to familiarize itself with its territory, right? And let it pee on shit and let him smell things and kind of get an idea of where the home is relative to the rest of the world. Because at some point, they might have to get home, right? You got to yeah. give an odd dog an opportunity to get in the dirt and be stupid in the dirt, even though it's going it, to, it's going to mean having to leave like your uh, the confines of the house and that gets harder to do when you don't have a yard and it gets mm. like particularly hard to do if you really didn't want a dog in the first place and what you wanted was uh like a symbol of status mm -hmm. that's another thing that i've come to like really get is that i sense that there are people that have dogs because it sends an, a clue to the, the rest of their neighbors that I'm a person that appreciates finer things in life, like finely breeded dogs with papers or yeah, boutique breeds that celebrities <laughs> like. My dog um, cost or, a car. Or, or I want <laughs> something as an access. Yeah. As an accessory, I'm looking for an animal as an accessory. And I, that's a lot. I mean, any major city has it, but I, it's not like I'm a fucking country dude. I didn't come up from a fucking farm, but <laughs> it's an animal. This thing fucking, can't speak it has limited brain capacity it's covered in dirt and bugs and fucking drool mm -hmm. it's not like a cute thing that i'm gonna have around it's something that i care for because i don't know he's he's cute i love this dog mm -hmm. but he's to be a dog we took him out to a creek and let him get in the water and run around and i had to wash him afterwards and that was a pain in the ass but that's the kind of thing that i think dogs need to do is get out and try to do something like they're hardwired to do, um, like fetch. I think my dog could fetch. He's very stupid. He has not learned fetch, or he's not. He isn't interested. Maybe is the problem. Yeah, Poe's not no, not interested in dog. balls. He's <laughs> he's not interested. I think in... I said I was hyper judgmental earlier. <laughs> he hates balls. Well, he doesn't he's, hate uh, them. He just has no. He's, what is he? he's like a he hates balls. He's a cock spaniel mix or a chihuahua and what did we think it was chihuahua and something they said they meaning the humane society said mm. long-haired chihuahua mix but i according to my extensive research 
mm-hmm. and my degree your in doctorate in dog dogology. Your dog turret. <laughs> my dog turret. <laughs> oh shit. Um, I call JJ Doctor Octopus sometimes. <laughs> he doesn't respond to it because it's too many syllables. <laughs> <laughs> It's not because I'm dumb. It's because he's dumb. <laughs> right. Oh, bless his heart. Mm-hmm. <laughs> bless my deluded one. Uh, no, to answer your question, uh, but I think there's some dachshund and uh, something else in there. Yeah. I don't know. Pomeranian. Okay. Uh, sure. I, met, I met someone who claimed to be a, a dog psychic uh, yesterday who uh, you know gave me, gave me some some inside scoop on him. Oh, that's exciting. That's yeah. very exciting. Uh, uh, I'm sure that person has um, wild success advertising themselves as a dog psychologist, the dog psychic. <laughs> um, did, uh, yeah, it's funny how this turned into fucking dog stuff. Do you <laughs> find the social lubricant that a dog provides? <laughs> Do you find that helpful or a hindrance to your daily life? Because I don't take JJ out a lot. And when I do, um, I have people that I don't have any interest in talking to. Like want to talk about the dog. And it's nice to be able to talk to them about something rather than the weather. Um, But at the same time, I'm such a fucking kind of a private person that why are we, there's cross wires going on in my head. Like, I don't want to do this. I appreciate you like my dog, but I didn't really want to get into a social thing. How do you respond to that? Uh, well, it depends um, mm-hmm. on my mood and whether I'm just completely aversive to human contact. Mm-hmm. Uh, but it's also in degrees. Like Sometimes I'll want to talk about and answer the questions and if it's a a person that you know like another adult and nothing against kids but like when i was you know in temecula um you know there are some kids because of course you take kids to wineries um that were that saw him and wanted to pet him and then they said oh your puppy is so cute and when adults say that you know i'll 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 correct them and but in a mm-hmm. in a friendly, in a congenial way and just sure. be like, oh, an yeah, actually, you know, he's supposed to be three, but who knows? Ha ha ha, ha. you know, that you kind know. of thing. Mm-hmm. But uh, you know, like yeah. I don't I don't want to explain that to a child and I don't want to be like, look, totally. you little shit. Uh yeah. it's a three year old dog, idiot. Yeah. Well, <laughs> because a, I that's the problem with the kids. You every interaction they have is like data it's programming it's mm-hmm. a lesson and that's why i i too i have kids i love my kids i like my kids friends but like past that i don't want any responsibility for forming what this kid's idea of the human race is mm-hmm. <laughs> you know like i can't it's a level of i sympathize with you it's a level of responsibility that um i'm not comfortable with i'd rather not talk to the kid because if I also have a problem when I'm overly nice to kids, I am very nice to kids. I'm really good with kids because I'm not afraid to debase myself. So they find that very fucking funny when a 45-year-old is willing to debase himself in front of them and talk about JJ. With the, and it's funny you mention it because kids are one that really like this dog because he's really good with them because he's such a beta that he doesn't move. He just lets them crawl all over him mm-hmm. uh, if I'm with him. Uh, yeah, now I got a fucking. This kid's gonna. This kid's gonna remember me, and if I ever come back there and those kids back, this kid's gonna come right back to me, and I don't want any more of it. I did it one time. They they gleam onto shit or glom onto shit that they like, and kids like me, so I try to hide. Um, I think. Did my... I say I'm a shitty person because I think it's. <laughs> I think that's valid. I think my biggest fear is unintentionally saying something either either forgetting that i'm talking to a child and saying something that i would say to an adult you know in, in like in a inappropriate context not you know not creepy or anything just right or and or saying or creating a scenario that's going to create an anchor memory for this child 
yeah. that it's going to have yeah. implications down the road and forever. Yeah. It's at least a session worth of therapy for them when they get older, because I said something, you know, ill, ill-advised. Totally. <laughs> or their parents don't like it. Like that's also a possibility. I don't think I've ever experienced that, but it's possible that parents are not going to be comfortable with some stranger being a goofball in front of their kids. And it's always something I'm kind of keeping my eyes. Before. They think I'm a, what do they think is happening here? But they're watching. They haven't said anything. Bye, kid. Go, go. Mm-hmm. I have to leave now. Yeah. Yeah, I don't I know off, how I got to teaching. I give off good Mr. Rogers vibes with kids, and I really shouldn't because I don't want it. But I enjoy <laughs> playing kids. Whatever. This is a dumb subject. Let's talk about Sunny Day. <laughs> yes. Let's uh, let us transition to that. When did you, how did you find Sunny Day? So I found Sunny Day. I had a, a friend in college that was, that was into them uh, among, among some other, other of the more, I guess, first wave or original emo mm-hmm. groups, which yeah, were yeah, considered yeah. emo groups like Rites of Spring and um, all them. So I heard the first couple of albums, but, I, it, it kind of, it Teflon, you know, it, I was Teflon and it just kind yeah. of rolled on me. I didn't really start uh, listening to them until I was over at your apartment in Austin. Uh, and mm-hmm. I think it's when you were living like off of Riverside and I came up mm-hmm. and was waiting for you and you had the rising tide playing. And I was yeah. like, Oh, yeah. What, what, what is that? And you, you know, you talked about it a little bit. And so I primarily listened to that album a lot. Um, it's probably the yeah. most oft played. Uh, but then, mm-hmm. of course, then I went back kind of in reverse order. Then, you know, right. I went from there to how it feels. And then. Okay. Uh, when I, uh, okay. When you got back to Diary, the first record, when you finally made the, the reverse engineering trip, Mm-hmm. to the first record uh what did you think of it because i have i have like a whole thing i'm i'm i wanted to discuss regarding that record even though that's not the record we're supposed to be or that we're talking about <laughs> right um i i think so this has happened with a few bands that i got into later later in their careers you know like, like you said the reverse engineering mm-hmm. and like i find I when I listen to like their first their debut album or whatever part of me I can hear the themes and I can hear you know echoes of what led them to where they are now yeah uh but a lot of times it's not as produced and like you know just just things like it you know the the, the mix the sound mix yeah. is yeah. not as because it, it's a lower a lower budget oh yeah production and so that's difficult for me sometimes to just sort of hear this yeah. and then the i i am reluctant to say maturity but sometimes it's what it is in like the songwriting oh it totally the, is yeah, yeah yeah and the performing of of that and it, it just kind of like oh well that's you know that's that that was a good first try for them <laughs> sometimes good shot yeah <laughs> you guys definitely did something it's funny because I first heard Diary on a Allstate band trip or All Area or whatever it was. Uh, we had gone to, this was in 94 though. You were already uh, at UT. And so I heard Diary first because some kid from, I, I think we went to Lubbock. And some kid from like Abilene or some shit had Diary. And I hadn't heard Sunny Day yet. So this would be like late 1994. Okay. Uh, I hadn't heard that record yet. I didn't know anything about the band. And it fucking blew my mind. I thought, but I was like 17, 18, maybe? I don't know. I was a senior in high school. And um, 25. It fucking blew my mind because, and I didn't know why. It's hard. I think I, I, think I once said, um, that was it shutter to think that i said there's times where it sounds like a drippy oil painting 
Yes. This diary was one that's like, I don't really understand what's happening here. Like it's all, I see what they're doing, but it's all mushed together kind of. Things are bleeding into each other and there's like layers to this that I don't get. And it blew my mind. What it really was that I later discovered was just like, and which is like more relevant, um, the word I'm looking for, more obvious with the second record, the pink record, LP, the pink LP or LP2, whatever they call it. I don't know what like the official name, self-titled, the pink self-titled record. It's more relevant or um, obvious on uh, the pink record, how he sings, he syncopates his vocals and so much is on the upbeat and it there's like imperfect delivery on the upbeat. So things get a little like warbly and tight in terms of timing, like when he should be hitting that note, it's a little bit off. On a, and on Diary, it was in there. Like there's still that kind of weird syncopation that he does, but he's just not as good at it. And it, that's why it was so confusing to me because they just weren't good at it yet, but they were trying something and somehow got on sub pop just trying it without mm -hmm. any like skill, which is why I think that's why I originally suggested we do that record because that record was huge for me. I didn't like it and I wanted to like it because it was badly performed and I decided to go with it. I succumbed to the bad performance and the syncopation and the oiliness of how they perform. And then eventually by the time the LP2 came out, I was fully ready for it. And I think this is definitely the record that I've listened to most of all of Sunny Days. Rising Tide is the second. Mm -hmm. And I think that's a fabulous record, but um, LP2, man, Oh my God, did it fucking blow my mind. It's so fucking cool the way his like weird affectation doesn't bother me. I think in anybody else, like a weird fake British voice, it gets <laughs> on my nerves. We've had other bands. That, what, what, what else did we listen to? Was it one of our records that we listened to that had an affectation, like a kind of a fake British voice? Who was it? Um, that was... Um... I can't think of it right now. Yeah, it doesn't matter. It. It's not It's not really that important, but it's... Poe, researcher? Yeah, get on it, Poe. JJ, help him out. <laughs> um, what? Um, what was my point? Look, you're going to have to cut out dead air here if I don't remember quickly. Um, That's okay. I think they like the yeah, dead the, air best. Anyway, this record, this record, that's good. Oh, the fake British accent. Yeah, his affectations. Like, it's sort of childish and it's silly, but I had already gotten over all of my annoyances of their immaturity by just snacking on diary for a solid year, constantly trying to catch up to what they were wanting to do. And so um, I'm willing to give a lot of the errors all over the Pink record um, a pass because it's fucking great. There's only one song on this record that I don't really like, and that's Eight. But the rest of them are, are fucking fantastic. Mm -hmm. Which is your favorite record on this one? Oh, not your favorite record. Your favorite song. My me, favorite song. That was, and you know, I did. I thought about that because I figured you would probably ask. Uh, and oh, I don't know. Um, I don't know. I like number eight. You like eight? I. I, I like eight, but I used to also. I used to also, but there's something about it now that I'm just like, I, this feels like a dud relative to the rest of the songs. I'd probably listen to eight before I listened to well, isn't anything eight... from the fire theft? I, I like the fire theft, but I prefer anything that Sunny Day did. Yeah, to fire theft. Um, I liked uh, I like 47 too. Something about the numbers, you know, the numbers song, sure. But technically, so this is what I wanted to ask you. Do you, when you listen to uh, these these albums, um, you listen on Spotify, correct? Uh, Spotify or Tidal. Okay. Yeah, I sold you, my record collection a while ago. Do you have access to, so when you listen to them, are they just the regular, you know, like the original release or are they like remastered? It's a remastered stuff. So yeah. on my, same thing with my, I listen on Apple. And so eight, is listed as the 12th song that was a bonus track but mm -hmm. it's listed as a bonus track so eight isn't is? it yeah so isn't it technically on uh 
At least that's what it says. Um, on it, uh, it's technically um, on LP two or the Pink on Album Spotify. Or yeah, 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 yeah. It's definitely on there. It's the sixth song. It was on the. I had the LP. Oh, that's um, on on the, the Pink record. Song. Yeah. Okay. Okay. Yeah, I'm, it's on I'm, the Pink record. I'm that's confused. why I'm like, why are they saying it's a bonus track? I'm confused. So it's a bonus track on the remastered Diary. Oh, so they remastered oh. Diary, and then the two bonus tracks are eight and nine. <laughs> oh, sorry. I thought, so that's so maybe that's why I don't like it as much because it was it originally written during the Diary era, and it didn't make it on that record. Probably, that might explain why it, I didn't know that. I think uh, this fucking record. I don't know. I don't know that I have a favorite. Is Iskarabaid? I don't know how that. Oh was. yeah, that was a good record. One. That song is called. I always want to say it like my father-in-law. Like <laughs> my father-in-law would say Azkaban. 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 You know, you're going to see Azkaban. Yeah, Iskarabaid. <laughs> uh, I like five four too, just because that's five, a music four, nerd. Although it has a little bit more of a seven eight feel. That's or a, so I'm sorry nine eight or it. something. No, it's it's also. Yeah, I was gonna say it's not all in five four. Like you could, I, I see triplet. the five four for one. Yeah, yeah. Uh, I don't. I think. I don't think it's worth like because like digging too deep into the woods and anal and analyzing it. But I understand why they named it five four. <laughs> so, I I have a question too, and you 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 might know this because you you personally know, uh, or or at least know friend of friends of oh of them um, Jeremy. So. A lot of bands that we listen to, like we don't really know their musical background or training or education is. And because sure. uh, there's a lot of complex, um, you know, musical themes and in, in their songs, even from their first record. And so I'm just curious, like, do you know, if he was, I mean, is he just like a, a band nerd like us? Did he have. Uh, apparently it's all self-taught. Wow. Yeah. How do they so do that? How do people. You know, I'll tell you, when I worked for uh, Greg, the, his roommate, mm -hmm. so I, re I worked, I fixed amplifiers for this dude, Greg, who was a, he was like a professional sound guy and he ran, um, uh, he made guitar pedals, like effects pedals, distortion pedals. And he ran this little like um, repair shop out of his garage and I went to go work for him when I first moved out here and Jeremy Enoch was his roommate. And that's where I heard that he's like, no, he, that he had, um, that he was all self-taught and he just sort of figured it out on his own. And he was just a, he was just the young kid in the, one of the youngest kids in the hardcore scene here. So he would go to shows and hang out with slightly older kids that were starting bands and he was trying to keep up with it. So he just sort of figured it out as he went along. Um, and the one experience or not the experience, the one like observation that I have from having been going to, I went to their house for probably a year on a regular basis to go work on stuff. He never left his room. I saw him twice. Um, the rest of the time you could hear him playing piano. You could hear him playing acoustic guitar all day. Wow. And you, you didn't, I never really heard him singing, but you could hear stuff up there on the days that I was there, you would definitely hear stuff happening up there that would probably eventually turn into something on a solo record. Cause that would have been 2002 and three, like, you know, spanning those two years, mm -hmm. a couple months in one year and a couple months in another. Um, so there was probably stuff that I was, that he was playing that would go into some of his solo records or, or um, the fire theft. Cause the fire theft had just been out. So maybe that was some of that stuff. Right, but um, he just never left. He was such a. In the times that I interacted with him, he was so like socially weird. I thought I was socially weird. Jesus Christ, man, he was just uncomfortable being around people, and uh, it, yeah, he was really nice and really sweet in in terms of because there was a couple times where he, there was this one time in particular where somebody's car had run out of batteries, and the reason I saw him was because he came in to see if anybody had jumper cables because a neighbor needed something and he was kind of going out of his way to be nice to, to a stranger. Um, I noted that about him. Um, but yeah, I just never saw him. 
And Greg said, yeah, he never leaves. This is what his entire life has been like. He just sits in his room and he comes out to play music and goes back to his room, um, be it living in his parents or living in Greg's house. It's wow. just his whole existence. Um, he's the only one that I've met. I have a friend that's a friend of, of the drummer and um, that guy's, I don't know him, so I can't really speak to him, but he's, you know, he's in another level. He's in another place. Uh, uh, yeah. You want well, to, for, we, yeah. For listeners that, that don't know, so the, the original lineup included uh, uh, Nate Mendel, too, yep. who went on to be in the Fighters of Foo, right? Mm-hmm. The uh, Foo Foo Fighters, the right. Foo Foo Dolls. Um, but he's come back during their he, he's come back during their reunion tours, and I think he mm-hmm. he plays on Fire Theft, doesn't he? Like he's played on most of the albums except for that weird, uh, like post how it feels to be uh, writing, ri- uh, writing, writing, rising tide record mm-hmm. where like everyone played bass in some way. Yeah, shape yeah, or yeah. Form. <laughs> oh yeah. Um, he's really good as far as bass players that. Um, influenced the way that I play. Uh, like we talked a lot about Getty Lee mm-hmm. when he was around, and he kind of pales in comparison to like how I actually play bass. Uh, William, not William, uh, Nate from Sunny Day is like way bigger influence because there's he plays like it's a guitar. He mm-hmm. tries to write another guitar riff, but it's in a lower register, and I really. Uh, He's such a good fucking guitar uh, bass player. Uh, he deserves. I have a friend that was also kind of in the um, orbit of the Foo Fighters because he was in this band called the Jealous Sound, and yes. there was a lot of like relationship there. My buddy Michael was in that was in that band, and um, I like them. He, I do too. I do too. I don't think they ever got the the credence that they needed. I, oh, we have. That's a whole other conversation. Jets to Brazil was the band mm-hmm. that we we're thinking of with the affectations. That's it. That's right. <laughs> I gave him a pass too because it's him. Yeah. I give, yeah. Like apparently, everybody can just speak with a British accent, and I'll give him a pass if I like their music. Um, uh, Non-British people speaking with British accents, fake ones. Um, what was I saying? Oh yeah, uh, Nate Newton. Uh, not Nate Newton. That's a guy from Converge. Um, what is his name? What is the bass player's name? Nate Mendel. Mendel. I don't know if he um, pronounces it Mendel or Mendel or. Yeah, I don't know either. Howie's, he, uh, Howie's brother. He's uh, apparently, so Michael's been in the room. Howie's brother. <laughs> Gross. Um, he, uh, Michael's been in the room with him and uh, he says it's just as incredible. Like watching him just noodle around is an incredible experience. I, all of them are fantastic musicians and they all very unique sounding. Um, I don't like the sound of the drums on the pink record. I love the drum performances, though. Mm-hmm. Um, it's it's that it's one of the things I like about the record is it's still a an immature record. It's more mature than Diary, but it's still immature in some ways. And it, it sounds like a bunch of hardcore kids from the punk scene that are starting an emo band and don't have the budget to make a real like big production record. But yeah. if given the money, I think holy cow, that record LP two. Uh, would be um, as monumental to as it is to me to a lot more people if they put more money into that record. I still love it the way it is, though, even with the sort of thin drum sounds. Did you see them on the reunion tour like a couple of years ago? I didn't. Oh. No, I didn't. I'm just I curious. I wish that like... I had. In retrospect, I, it was a missed opportunity. Um, I'm I, sure I, I had a reason, but I don't remember why I didn't see them. I didn't either. I think I'd already been either. Well, when was that? 18? 18. So I was here. But 17 or 18? Yeah. I think it's because they don't, they don't, for some reason, some bands, don't, they only do, when they come through California, they only do like LA. Yeah. And then maybe, maybe San Francisco area and then that's it. But no, yeah. the reason I ask is because I wonder how, you know, when they perform those songs from from that record live, you know, how that sounds now, you know, just because they're performing them yeah. as they are now with the equipment and stuff like that, that they have now. But there's not like their live album. Is and not his voices. It's not a great record live recording. The, no. the live album. His voice has changed, too. Yeah. 
as he's gotten older. I'm curious. I'm curious to see what um, the older songs sound like now with, you know, old man vocals. I think it would be, um, be interesting. The last, uh, I did see him. I've seen him twice. Um, him, Jeremy. Uh, yeah. Once he was touring for um, the anniversary of Return of the Frog Queen. So he played that. He performed that entire album. Mm-hmm. And then he um, he was touring, I think, after after Ghosts was released. And I get, you know, that is a fantastic yeah. record. That last one, Ghosts. It really is. It's, it uh, really is a good record. So good. So good. Yeah. He's, <laughs> he's, he's immensely talented. I remember uh, meeting several people who would talk about, um, to speak about like social weirdness and this man in particular, Jeremy Enoch. Uh, I've met several people by chance and we end up striking up a conversation and they mention, oh, I, one time I saw Jeremy at uh, Fred Meyer, which is like a yeah. Walmart-ish, Walmart equivalent for up here. I saw Jeremy at the Fred Meyer and I went up to him and I told him how much I loved everything that he did. Nothing he could do was ever wrong and he was the most important thing in my entire childhood. And he, and and I thought, why would you do that to that poor guy? Like, no wonder he's weird. Like, yeah. He doesn't want to hear about how important. I don't know. Maybe I'm jumping to conclusions. But I would think that if somebody were to tell me all of those things, to shower with all of this praise, yeah. a stranger. That's that uncomfortable. Met, it's super uncomfortable. And I imagine that's why he never comes out of his room. Because he's still, um, I had a practice space that apparently he was, I rented, a, uh, I was one of the people renting a practice space. that He was apparently one of the people. Uh, but nobody ever saw him. He just had his uh, uh, amp and his uh, an amp and a guitar there, and would end up using it someday. I think was the idea, but he never did. Hmm. Um, that was like 2005, I think. And um, I kind of understand why he wouldn't emerge from his room ever if everybody you wanted to play music with was going to shower you with praise, um, whether they knew you or not, or everybody that wanted to interact with you at the Fred Meyer wanted to shower you with praise, whether you wanted it or not. Mm-hmm. Um, that's got to feel awkward. I just, my only interaction with him was, <laughs> I know I've talked about it. I don't know if it was on this podcast or the one before where, um, yeah, he was in the bath. He was in the line for the bathroom. I was at his show. Oh yeah. And oh, yeah, so yeah. I left and I just, yeah, yeah. I saw that it was him and, you know, tried to hold the door open for him so he could go in. And <laughs> I don't even know. I don't even know what I said, if I said anything, uh coherent enough or it just uh-huh. kind of did like that or, or something stupid like uh-huh. oh let me get that for you or have a nice time that in there sounds, or something that like sounds that. like exactly <laughs> like you would say yeah enjoy yourself have fun yeah <laughs> <laughs> uh, uh i think like I stay in here that's what you should have said can i stay can i watch <laughs> yeah you need any help there partner <laughs> um <laughs> Or I just stand in the corner and just clap like the whole time. I'm just like, mm-hmm. wow. Just applaud. Just masterfully done. <laughs> masterfully done. It's really important to me that I be here while this happens. It's meaningful in my life to watch you shit. Can <laughs> <laughs> I talk about your genius while you shit? oh so i would i think we beat a dead horse yeah i will uh i will just uh end this segment by saying like i would i mean obviously start with whichever uh record you want but i'm thinking specifically of some of some of our listeners that have they've just told me different things not not any ill uh intent just Oh, well, you know, I really, really couldn't get behind that one. So I would, I would say definitely listen to this record, but I don't know. I, I, if I'd never heard them and I, let's say I wasn't into bands like Shudder to Think or anything like that, I would say probably start with, I would start with how it feels to be something or the rising tide and then maybe do what I did and work backward. Uh, but I, yeah. That's just a suggestion. How it feels was uh, that probably is a better starting point. That's yeah. probably a better starting point. 
they had a lot more production behind it. Mm -hmm. Um, and it was a little bit more thoughtfully produced, I think. Yeah. There's some great songs on that. Um, all right. Well, um, any, uh, any burning last comments or, uh, I mean, you know, the world, the world's goddamn hellscape and every week is, is just a further descent into, um, the, the hell shit. Yeah. Let's, uh, let's, let's, I've been, I've been enjoying the fantasy in my head that we have an opportunity to make things better. And that's the, we have an opportunity to make things better. Um, and, uh, let's keep some positivity in our heads. Yes. I mean, as long as there's going to be an important thing for the next, uh, and vote if anybody wasn't convinced to participate in the political system, um, please vote. Yes. Voting absolutely matters. Every vote, every election, even the freaking school board, because, you know, one politician mm-hmm. starts somewhere, but you're also yep. affecting affecting change at a local level. And and like, I don't, I don't understand how San Diego, I mean, I do understand, but up until recently, San Diego had a Republican mayor before. And it's like, how do, you know, how, I see that happen, like in, in Texas and other places, like blue cities will have Republican mm-hmm. mayors. And it's just because those those low turnout elections, those people get elected and and, uh, you know, like state representatives, state senators, judges, like people run unopposed. And that's how you get people in there. And so whenever some crazy like thing comes and there's a ban, you know, those judges that will toss those cases out or will allow them to continue. I mean, that's that's how they get there. So. Yep. Yep. The, as it's taken me a long time to begin to understand the influence that those lower level elections place, um, as the hierarchy, you know, as you go up the hierarchy, you realize that, oh, those names that I didn't recognize are actually the ones that those are the enablers for systemic mm-hmm. biases. Is that the word I want? I guess that's the word I want. Yeah. Vote. Uh, and do your research and I hope anybody that will vote does their research um, read the voter pamphlets I mean you can mm-hmm. do research on the individuals I don't know this is a whole other this is a whole other episode civic engagement um, not yeah. the tail end of the sunny day uh, <laughs> episode thank you for listening to this episode of Fairweather Friends Don't forget to click subscribe on your favorite podcasting app. Feel free to connect with us by leaving us a voice message at anchor.fm slash fairweatherfriends. Also, you can connect with us on social media.